With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay. We are back for our latest episode. It's Peter and I, and we've got Robin back. Hi, Robin. Hi, guys. Nice to be here. Excellent. Good, good. Uh, how are you doing, Peter? You've got some beers out again, I see. I have, yeah. I'm drinking What do we book. have? Bureau Pilsner. I don't know why I'm showing you because the people can't see it who are listening, but yeah, I've got a, bu- a bu- Bureau Bureau Pilsner from uh, from Germany. Excellent. Definitely a beer oh, back- 52. Yeah, I've, I've had one of those. They're, they're really good. Uh, yeah, I'm quite enjoying the Beer 52 stuff. I've got a Dark Star IPA again out today from my collection. Lovely stuff. That's going to go on as long as um, Robin's Heineken collection, I think. But, um, there we have it. Right. Okay. On to today then. Well, this is the big one. We've been waiting to do this for ages. Um, in a short while, we're going to get on to talking about our shithouse 11s. It's the big one, ladies and gentlemen, the 11 to end all 11s. And they'll wind you up and get you sent off, if not. Um, coming up, that will be in a little bit of time. But first of all, just wanted to go through a little bit of the football news. And um, starting with um, some bad news, unfortunately, um, along with entertainer Des O'Connor we've also now heard today the subsequent news of Ray Clements passing which is sad to see 72 years old he'd been battling prostate cancer for quite a while I think um, although I didn't know about that so it's a bit of bad news all of a sudden for us uh, not in the know tragic really um, a, a legend of the game played for England I think 61 times I think it was um, won all sorts of honours with Liverpool and probably not so many with Tottenham being Tottenham, but uh, was a, was a stalwart for both clubs. <laughs> Peter, Peter's looking there a little bit um, like, oops, you're going into trouble with Spurs mates again. <laughs> yep. Trying I think he won, a, he won a UEFA Cup and an FA Cup with Spurs, actually, I think. Oh, he did, actually, yeah, because it was, um, yeah, that's right, because he was there in the in that period, wasn't he? Um, but yeah, the 80s, yeah, early 80s, wasn't it? Yeah, so a great player, and it's a, it's a great shame to see him pass. But, um, you know, thoughts with all of his family, I'm sure, to to everyone there. Thank you, um, yeah, the, the limitations of England's current goalkeeping selections, that he only made 61 appearances because of the likes of Shilton were around and that sort of thing as well. Yeah, he'd yeah. got 100 caps, wouldn't he? Yeah, in the days yeah. when we had you know, too many brilliant goalkeepers, and now we have Jordan Pickford. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Marvellous. He's already conceded uh, we... two goals tonight against Belgium. So, or oh, has he? Yeah, we're recording this on Sunday evening in case you haven't guessed from that comment. Um, I'm going to watch the highlights if there are oh, any. Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, no, no, that's fine. I'm not worried about knowing the score, but just um, I, I'm basically saying I'm not bothered about the fact we're chatting away rather than watching the game, or at least in my case, anyway. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see how that goes. Um, well, on the other football news, I mean, first of all, Robin, we didn't get you on the last episode. Um, I wondered if you've got uh, a take on... The news that broke last week about Greg Clark's faux pas, mentioning coloured players, referring to gay people as having made life choices to be gay, women not liking the balls kicked at them, which was leading to problems recruiting goalkeepers. And that was all just in what we mentioned this all last week. What I didn't realise at the time is that was all from the same um, conversation he was having with the DCMS at their um, Oh, yeah, and the stereotypes that you haven't mentioned as well that you talked about, there's lots of south asians employed in the fa and the it department and yeah there's a lack of um you know black representation at grassroots fa level because basically black people don't like having the the hassle of sitting in admin meetings about pitch conditions yeah. and it was just like the it's beyond it was beyond stereotyping because it was just it was just yeah a stereotype of old-fashioned, ignorant, old white men who don't know what they're talking about. Yeah, I mean, it absolutely. Like, it, it was. It would have been not, out of date like thirty years ago. Yeah, he's not yeah, even that old. I mean, problem. I know he's a little bit older, but he's, he's not that old. He's what he's in his sixties, I think. He works um, for the NBA, which is a massively out-of-date organization. Yeah, um, true. Yeah, I mean, that would be... Um, up-to-date and enlightened organisation, aren't they? Yeah, it must show exactly what, what they're like top to bottom, really. Yeah. Exactly, when yeah. you've got something like that at the top, then how do you expect everyone else to behave? Yeah, I mean, it was... It was no, I think there's no black representation on the FA Council, is there? No. Currently, right, I don't I think. think. No. And I think they've had one fairly recent guy who was a Muslim, I think, or mm. of Asian... Asian descent, I think, fairly recently, but that's about that's about the size yeah. of it, I think. And I mean, ironically, the word is he has done quite a bit to try and make strides in in sorting out issues of diversity in. The oh game. yeah, and it's completely undone by that. I mean, oh, yeah, exactly. You know, Twenty minute session, whatever yeah, it was, crazy. It, it was a fence bingo, wasn't it? He was trying to tick every box going. I think. Well, <laughs> the the odd thing is, is that you think if you're being if you're the head of an organisation that's going in front of the DCMS, you're going to be briefed to the eyeballs, presumably, by all your, mm. um, you know, advisors. So he's basically just gone totally off, off script. Yeah, yeah I mean, I mean you, you, you've got to get your ducks in a row, and you've got to, you, you've just got to nail it. Really, exactly what questions he was going to be asked, and he could have prepared some fairly bland answers hmm. which is what you normally get in those committee meetings no one particularly wants to give anything away hmm. yeah it's, it's most irritating uh to see how little we've progressed when you see something like that happen i mean the, the, the term you used you know kind of players isn't the most offensive thing but it's 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 just a symbol of outdatedness isn't it and it really doesn't put the fa in a good light because this is the image we've got of the fa already in general they're very out of date and it just yeah. exacerbates it. I mean, he's also said he, he dismissed um, notions of the, of the FA being institutionally racist as fluff in the past, you might remember. Um, 
and that was a few, I think a year or two ago. And he was also the guy that was trying to sell Wembley, remember, um, at one point as well. So, you know, not exactly covered himself in glory, to be fair. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Um, One other bit of news I heard this week, I mean, we've obviously been hearing in recent times about Ryan Reynolds and is it uh, McKellen, the guy from one of the comedy shows in America, um, but the proposals to buy Wrexham. Well, apparently Little Mix member Jade, whoever that is, I don't follow pop music, so I wouldn't know. But um, oh, she's invested. Old then. <laughs> <laughs> but she she's <laughs> investing. Um, she's investing South Shields FC, um, set to help out with um, well, basically in-house facilities and infrastructure. So interesting that someone um, like her is getting involved. I'm presuming she's local to the area. I don't know the background on that, but um, yeah, she is. Intrig- yeah. I mean, yeah, that's up in your neck of the woods. Like Cornwall, wouldn't it? (laughs) Yeah. So a bit of a random one there. One other bit that was of interest, I thought, was um, a bit of news that came out on, it was mentioned on the Price of Football podcast last week. Um, Steve the Wanker Dale uh, at um, Berry, apparently the the git already enemy number one, pretty much, of football, I would say, as far as it goes. Uh, It's basically Archer and Bellotti with bells on this man. He's apparently now trademarked the Berry FC badge personally, um, rather than within a company context. So Berry AFC, the, the Phoenix Club that's subsequently been um, that's emerged and, and is working its way up, um, they have a badge that does have significant similarities, because which obviously they wanted to do to, to give it some hark to the past. Obviously, the problem is the old club hasn't been wound down either, so it's getting into a messy situation made by Dale by um, by pulling this stunt. I mean, it's another oh, disgusting okay. underhanded... I mean, he's a wanker, basically. Isn't oh, he? yeah, gonna... even, it's hard to believe that man could be even more of an arsehole than he already is, but that is even yeah. more being even more of an arsehole than he already was. I mean, he, what, what purpose, what possible gain does he have from doing that? Except being yeah. vindicated because he's got some bad press. Yeah, he can then yeah. sell it, can't he? That's, I guess, he wants to feed a club to but buy it off him. They're not going to buy it, are they? They're not going to. No. They'll, they'll do a new pack yeah. paying him anything. And like he that. has, he has no moral compass. I mean, he's self-declared non-football fan. He's got no interest in the game. He's a self-declared asset stripper. He's got a long history of it. How the hell he was ever su- deemed as suitable under the um, owners and directors? Test, we, we all know that's farce anyway, don't we? Yeah, I mean that's yeah, that's we, the perfect. We the, the 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 murderers from. Uh, Saudi Arabia was because they basically um, were stealing Premier League rights, allegedly. It wasn't because yeah. of their human rights issues in Saudi Arabia and that sort of thing, was it? Let's be honest. It well, was, exactly. It was because they, they basically were trying to uh, pirating, allegedly pirating Premier League rights. And even then, yeah. they didn't actually say they couldn't do it. They just waited to make it so they didn't have to make a decision. I mean, football hmm. is basically, yeah, run by arseholes. Yeah. And um, you know, just he just he just want that guy to just go to go away and stay away from football, but he won't, of course. Once this is done with them, he'll move on to something else. Unfortunately, thing, they won't stop him running another club. That's no. the depressing thing. No. They they yeah. will not literally. They'll let him buy someone else, and it's like how on earth they could do that after Berry? But they would. They wouldn't care. Yeah, it's happened before. It shouldn't have happened again after it happened to us, or nearly happened to us. Yeah. Um, but it's happened a number of times to other clubs, hasn't it? Um, Wrexham, in fact, the aforementioned, being one of those that uh, was under the, uh, unfortunately, under that microscope as well. Um, well, moving on to one other subject before we get into our shithouse 11s, um, was something I forgot to mention. Well, I didn't forget, we ran out of time last week because we had 
rather an epic episode, um, was the FA Cup. I um, didn't mention it at all. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I bloody love the FA Cup. In particular, the early rounds. I find people talk about the third round being great. And obviously, when you do get a non-league team playing a Premier League side or something, it's, it's brilliant. But a lot often, you'll get the BBC having their one chance to have live Premier League teams on. So they'll, they'll pick Everton v Manu or something. But... Um, the third round can be good, but the early rounds are the ones I really love. When you get BT Sport going and giving comprehensive coverage pre-match, 30 minutes, 40 minutes, something like that, to some non-league club who are quite often I've not really heard of at all. And this year was no exception. We had some great names in there. I think probably my um, my favourites are Tunbridge Angels, of course, who we have heard of. And what's the other one? Cray, is it? Cray, Cray paper, Wanderers? Cray paper Mill or Cray, That's it. Cray Valley Paper Mill? Yeah, brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Those okay. names in the first round of the cup, that's what it's all about. And there were some cup sets, weren't there, as well? I, I mean, um, just... <laughs> um, one of them wasn't Tunbridge Angels. They got thrashed 7-0 by Bradford. But on the um, on the Saturday, we had um, a minor upset in Canvey Island, the lowest-ranked team in the competition, winning away to Banbury United, who, by the way, are managed by, do you guys know? Andy Wing. Former Albion player, yeah, it's but um, he's really. Carry on losing to Canvey Island. Yeah, <laughs> Albion, of course, themselves um, don't really want to be talking too much about Canvey Island following our previous incidents in the we, FA Cup. We actually beat Canvey Island, didn't we? It was one of the few non-league teams we actually managed to beat. It was Kingstonia Sudbury. We actually lost. We lost to. Didn't we lose to them once before in the past? Though? No, we drew Sometimes to all the way to them, and then because they were talking about it at the time, and then won the replay on like four-one or something like that. Oh yeah, that, yeah, that was in yeah. the that was the final season at the Goldstone, wasn't it? That... Yeah, I think it was the year before. I think we lost to Sudbury in the next year. Oh which... yeah, you're right. Yeah, which yeah, I went right. to away to Sudbury, and that was a terrible, awful afternoon. Yeah. We we drew yeah, one... and lost at penalties at home. One of one of the big surprises um, came on Saturday. Marine got a one-all draw away at Colchester, um, which then of course went to extra time and penalties. Um, Five-three, Marine won uh, in the end. Great scenes at the end, celebrating. No social distancing, but you can't now, really... Interesting, they're now tier eight. I'm sure I remember them being like conference or what's now conference yeah. North sort of thing at one point. They've obviously dropped a bit. Yeah, because they beat, they won before, didn't they? And got through to the first, maybe even second round. I'm not sure. And I'm pretty sure they were higher ranked non-league yeah. at the time. At the conference um, or at least conference North, very least. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. I mean, Grimsby lost 3-1 at Dagenham. That's gone under the radar because that's another non-league team, of course. Um there was a few other results on the um, on the uh, Saturday. Um, I'm not trying to remember what they were now. There was some, well, uh, Kings Lynn won one 0 away at Paul Vale. That was a brilliant result. The, the real thing was the likes of Marine that their fans couldn't go. You know, it's kind of yeah, make I don't know six hundred, no, about a thousand, something like that. Colchester, something like that, probably fifteen hundred, and they'd have filled that end. It'd have been about you know a brilliant day for them, and yeah, they couldn't go, and it's real, it's a real shame. Yeah, yeah, that was a shame. Um, stop the other the flip club. side to that argument is do they get that result with a home crowd? Mm. I don't know, maybe. If the team struggles early on at home when they're playing when they're playing badly against a non-league side that the crowd can tell against them. So potentially mm. you're right, it may not happen, but it may do. Who knows? Yeah. Well, the the other um, results on Saturday that um, was surprised Stockport formerly club winning two one away at Rochdale, but my old mates. Um, Andy and Sarah would have been delighted to see that their club, Darlington, won 2-1 away at Swindon, which was a brilliant result. Um, 
superb. I mean, Swindon aren't in the best of positions at the moment. They're struggling after their promotion last year, lost the manager, some of the players, etc. But still a brilliant result for Darlow. They took the lead twice, I think, to, to get the win as well, I think. Um, on the Sunday, Solihull Moors won 3-2 away at Scunthorpe. Barnet, of course, um, being non-league at the moment, beat Burton 1-0. Yeah, um, shout out to Barnet because they played the second half with 10 men and held out. Oh, right. Yeah. I didn't realise that. Yeah, the player sent yeah. off before half-time for a professional foul and held on for the second half against Burton. So, yeah, it's a huge result. So they had a yeah. really good run two years ago when they won at Sheffield United and then drew it home to Brentford in the fourth round, which I went to at, at, oh. at the Hive. And they drew 3-0, which is one of the best games I've seen in a long time live. It was, you know, you imagine how like tight a lot of Brighton games are. That especially that that was the Hutton second season. Yeah, there weren't that many goals, well, but that was a brilliant game. It was three all, and they lost in the replay in the fourth round at Brentford. Hmm. Yeah, so well, one one team, one team that couldn't make it was um, Alden and Tiptree. Who remember they got in the first round for the first time in their history last season, and um, they were playing at home to Morecambe. So a decent chance and a sort of up and down team at the moment, Morecambe. But Morecambe prevail one nil, so that's that's a bit of a shame for them. And the other surprise result came in the only match on the Monday night as well, which I watched along with a few other games, actually, which was uh, Oxford City uh, coming from behind to beat Northampton 2-1. Brilliant result for them. They're away at Shrewsbury, I think, in the next round. Um, So that was superb. But probably the tie of the round, I I don't know if you guys would disagree with this, but um, did you catch what happened in the Crawley match away at Torquay? No no giant killing. It was mental. I mean... Torquay were the uh, National League side nowadays, so they were the underdogs. Um, so there was no surprise in terms of the outcome, but there was in terms top, of the though, aren't they? Aren't they top? Are they top yeah, of the yeah, National yeah, League? They're top, top, yeah. And, and they do score a lot of goals. So Actually, the top five. The league is all, I know it's early days, but it's all quite surprising. None of them are quite Maidenhead and Stockport and Torquay and the likes of Notts County and the bigger clubs maybe aren't, aren't in around the top seven at the moment. Yeah, that's that's right. And um, when you score five goals, you expect not only to win the game, but to thrash the opposition. <laughs> but they did, in fact, lose, um, albeit this was after extra time, uh, 6-5 in the end to Crawley. Um, they've gone ahead in the 18th minute. Um, they then went 2-0 up on 24 minutes, Torquay this is. Um, I think Crawley then pulled one back on um, 83 minutes with having a penalty. Lost oh, no. So having, yeah, lost lost their, their having lost their keeper, because you need the context of that to it's explain why, uh, if anyone didn't hear about it. Yeah, so Tom McGill, who's on loan from the Albion, uh, was their goalie. He was concussed. There was a long, long delay. So 83rd minute penalty, um, pulled one back. Then 14 minutes into um, the injury time, the second goal back by Crawley to make it 2-all. Took it, um, we thought, into injury time. But four minutes later, 18 minutes into stoppage time, Torquay went back in front, 3-2 only for another goal three further minutes into injury time in the 21st minute of stoppage time brought it back to three all uh, to, to uh, yeah to three all um it then went into extra time and then further goals uh, ensued um essentially uh Crawley went uh, sorry Torquay went back in front i think through there a couple of penalties yeah so they were five three up, yeah, so were five, three three up with, again. with two two pens then um Crawley pulled one back through Nicholas on his way to getting a hat-trick, which he eventually got in the uh, five minutes later to bring it back to five all. And then finally, in the 118th minute of the game, Nevison scored what proved to be the decisive goal. And what a game, though. Never seen a 6-5 live. Seen a five all, I think, at Barnet at one point, but I've not seen a 6-5. 
yeah, yeah. So mad stuff. In their early days in the football leagues, had a lot of England players. Like I said before in the show, they had, they lost their first game in a League Seven Four at home, which I didn't go to, and then drew their yeah. second game in the League Cup Five All. So they had a lot of goals when they first came to the league, both for and against. And I've seen some quite high scores there, a lot higher scores than in Albion. Yeah. That's it. Um, well, exactly. Actually, one one other thing I've just thought of as well. There's been a bit of managerial movement. Gary Monk's left Sheffield Wednesday, and Philip Cocu's left Derby um, since we last spoke. And um, amongst those, and Tony Poulis has taken over at Sheffield Wednesday. Oh, although I can't stand his brand of football, I do like the bloke. I I actually like Poulis. I think he's a nice guy. He's done a lot of good work. Have you seen my Have you seen my stat on WhatsApp about Tony Poulis? I'm not. I'm a bit behind on WhatsApp, actually. Yeah, go on, tell me what, what's that. Uh, I'm just gonna have to find it. Um, well, what, what you do? Nice. I was gonna say he's he's been on um, the Albion Unlimited podcast, which is the BBC Sussex um, show that's then put on as a pod. Um, for some reason, he was on there. I'm not quite sure why, but he was referring to us as the Albion, which is quite interesting because most outsiders don't. Um, so he's clearly attuned to us and. Um, I wonder if he ever applied for a job with us. Interesting. Unlike Tim Vickery, who didn't even know we were called ourselves out again. Yeah, I did think of it when they were talking about that. Yeah. Who is it, Dad? (laughs) They've also had their their points deduction cut, haven't they? Down to six points. Yeah, that's right. So things are looking on the up for Wednesday. Um, We'll see see how that prevails over the course of the season. I reckon they might survive now with Pugilis and with with only six points, because 12 seems a lot... I know it's double, it's ridiculous to say, but it does seem that much bigger of gap to kind of pull back. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, indeed. And um, th- that voice you heard, by the way, was uh, Robin's daughter making her debut on the show. <laughs> it's a Yeah, she's, she's currently giving me a lecture that she didn't know that I had a friend called Russell, which is asking me why <laughs> she didn't know that before this moment. So <laughs> You should have told her. You've got a friend called Russell. <laughs> the um the Tony Pulis no thing was that uh, since Lionel Messi scored his first goal for Barcelona, he has outscored hmm. Tony Pulis's teams by seven hundred and eleven to six hundred and ninety. Do you reckon that means that, Pulis, <laughs> is that Messi's going to sign for Wednesday next season? Well, he's going to be a free agent, isn't he? It's got to be done. <laughs> You heard it here first, folks. When Lionel Messi announced the three-year deal at Sheffield Wednesday, just remember where you heard it first. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear, oh, dear. Well, yes, it could happen. I really hope not. The other interesting thing is our uh, our former former player and coach, Liam Rosina, is part of the uh, temporary temporary backroom staff, along with Wayne Rooney at Derby. Yeah, he is, isn't he? Yeah. I'm really glad they kept him on, because he's, yeah. I really hope to see him back at the Albion one day, because he was... Brilliant, both on and off the pitch, and he was a, a yeah, one of the most from the sound of what interviews I saw and that sort of thing. One of the yeah. one of the most decent blokes in football, and yeah, I'm really glad they've kept him on rather than letting him yeah, go. I mean, like the rest in, of in a way, it'd be it'd be quite nice if he if he didn't get the derby job because he'd probably want one that would last more than a few weeks, wouldn't he? Seems like it's a, a poison chalice, doesn't it? Job. Yeah, I mean they've done particularly badly this year, obviously yeah. on top of. Years and years of yeah, aspiration with no really well, and they're well up in the playoffs or the top six, mm. and then they kind of collapse afterwards. They've done it the way yeah. around this year. They started off terribly. Um... Yeah, yeah. Well, um, they do say uh, that he's a really nice guy, Philip Koku, and there's also the, a, a commonly held idea that good guys don't succeed in football. I don't think that's entirely always true. However, um, some people that are not good guys could be described as the shithouses. We're going to come back in part two and talk about exactly those kind of guys in just a moment. 
and we're going to get straight into our squads. We've each come up with a shithouse 11 that we think worthy of the name. I mean, first of all, though, guys, just to define what we're talking about here, I think people have got the general gist. How are we, how are we describing this? I mean, for me, it's effectively, it's wind-up merchants. It's, um, it's characters that you would love to have in your team, but hate to have against your team and often do. Um, it's pantomime villains. It's people that get other people sent off rather than getting themselves sent off. It's that kind of thing mainly. Although, of course, red cars are not um, are not uh, to be sniffed at either. And also, uh, I, think you... not, I think it's just, to me, it's not just like the other people sent off. It's kind of also having characteristics. There's certain players, I would say, have characteristics without necessarily being a disciplinary side, but just have things that they'll wind up people, but not necessarily aimed at winding up individuals, just winding up other teams. And the... Yeah, yeah. So there's got to be a degree of uh, of subtlety to it. Yeah. I think it's like, it's that equivalent of a gentleman thief, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> like it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and winding the fans up, of course, as well as players. It's not just yeah. it's anybody, really. Anyone who's in the vicinity. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I've gone, oh, we'll get into the teams in a minute, but I've gone for a 4-2-4 formation. Because in the end, I found midfield was the weak area for me in this in this relation. Yes, well, I've also standing... gone... I've also gone, well, I've gone a sort of a 4 2 4 of sorts, but it's more of, yeah, yeah it is a 4 2 4. I mean, I say, I say midfield's weak. I'm actually goalkeepers. I didn't really have an out and out definitive shithouse goalkeeper. Actually, hang on. Say. I say I've gone 4 2 4. I haven't. I've gone effectively, I've gone 3 2. Um, 3 2 5. 5, essentially. <laughs> or 3 2 1. 3 2 2 3, I think. What is this? Nineteen thirties? What's going on? Three, four, three. But yes, there's some quite attacking players in my midfield as well. Because funny enough, a lot of the shithouse players tend to be attackers. Funny enough, attacking who though? That's the question. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Well. Okay. Well, I don't know who wants to go first. Well, should we? Are we going to do it position by position, or well, yeah, we can do position by position if you want. So I've got. Well, if I go first then, so I've gone with, um, as I said, a four-two-four formation. The only goalkeeper of any note at all I could think of. Who's who's come up with shenanigans? It's not not even that actually. It's Harold Schumacher, who was um, responsible for probably the worst challenge I've ever seen by a football, and the most brutal challenge I've ever seen by a goalkeeper on a football field. Uh, World Cup in 1982, of course, the Battiston challenge, famously took the guy out virtually, um, literally. So um, it was such a brutal challenge. He was generally a bit of a bit of a character in that regard, apparently. Um, I haven't really got much more to say about it. I'm, I'm pretty unsatisfied with my choice, to be honest on that. G- goalkeepers, who did you guys go for? I went with Rene Higuita. Oh, obviously okay. him of the, Scorp- the Scorpion kick at Wembley. Mm. Um, and he's sort of the, a bit of a, a front runner of the sweeper keeper. But I've also gone for him partly because he was an absolute lunatic off the pitch. Um, he <laughs> was imprisoned for delivering drugs ransom money to Pablo Escobar which is <laughs> which is pretty good um but yeah I mean I think that I think if you're an attacker and you've chipped a goalkeeper and he nonchalantly scorpion kicks it off the line that is that's fairly textbook I think in my book yeah and Peter I have actually got a couple but I'll say both or yeah, yeah go okay. for it yeah First one was Bruce Grobelaar for his ridiculous antics every every time yeah. anyone came near him and the way he was. Yeah, I think about him. Pinch, that sort of thing. And oh, wobbly legs. 
And the other one was Jose Luis Chilever because he used to take free kicks and he used to take like penalties for his team from goalkeeper, which is pretty pretty piss taking to be honest generally. And I would say <laughs> him as a shit else. Robolar's a good yeah. one, I'd forgotten about him. I'd yeah, probably go Grobolar if I had to choose. Yeah, I did think of Grobolar. So I suppose on that basis he's um He's up near the top now on the selections. I guess we can make a decision on this either now or later. I don't know how yeah, we wish. We'll do it later. I mean, I actually yeah, think we'll do it later. Robin's selection is probably best, actually. I mean, the, uh, the the scorpion kick was ridiculous. But yeah, let's catch we come back to it at the end. And <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay. Well, defences, I mean, I've gone with four, as I mentioned. I mean, there's any number of, of players you could pick here. Um, what I've gone for in the end, well, first of all, the two that just have to be on there, and in my opinion, they they have to be in the final eleven. It's it's the obvious one. I'm going to start with the most obvious shithouser of the lot. You you all know who I'm talking about already. Sergio Ramos, Miss, yeah. Mr. Shithouse. Um, he's been sent off more times than I think anyone else in the history of the game. I think that's right. He's certainly in Spanish football. It is. Um, I forgot to look up the details. Actually, one of you guys might might have done. Um, he, he gets up to all sorts of shenanigans, wind ups, pinching tripping, uh, all sorts of verbals going on. He he has been sent off a ridiculous number of times, and I know that isn't the criteria per se, because that's just the definition of a thug, but he is, he has, is also the ultimate wind-up merchant, and he's been oh, doing yeah. it for a couple of decades now. Uh, I mean, he takes, and, the Sony takes deliberate yellow cards, takes tactical yellow cards and red cards yeah. as well, doesn't he, as well? Yeah. And, I mean, talking about the thug thing, that could be another show. Literally. Yeah, we might yeah. do. That's the other thing. Them. You can be both in my book. You can be both. Yeah. You can be yeah. in both 11s, but oh, you've got to, you've got to have a bit yeah. of subtlety, which he does, to be fair. A lot of his stuff goes, surprisingly, goes under the radar. He got um, yeah. smashing Salah, didn't he, in the um, Champions League final? Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I, agree I did you. read a quote. Someone had described him as having a soul as dark and merciless as a Tory prime minister put in charge of an NHS budget. <laughs> I thought... <laughs> Fantastic. Summed, summed him up. They weren't that, a fan. Is, well, yeah, so he was quite a nice, quite a nice guy. Then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I who think, is your, I mean, who is got, your second one, Russ? Then I was going to say I've got about four thugs in my team. I have to say as well. But anyway, my other one um, is one one of his teammates. Not now, but in the past, Pepe, who's one of the players that I think winds me up the most in football, and both past and present. Um, absolute shithouser. He he winds people up. He pinches he twists nipples he niggles he clips he kicks he rakes he does all of that stuff but worst of all the thing that everyone hates he does all the diving and all of that stuff that um Rivaldo did with that that ball being kicked at him in the near the corner flag in that world cup he does that all the time um he falls around all over the place tries to get bookings for the opposition which of course winds up everybody winds up the players it winds up the manager and the backroom staff. It winds up the fans and it winds up the neutrals as well, which I think is uh, is the reason I think he's got to be a nailed-on centre-back in there with Ramos. Um, to be honest, my four players all together are all centre-backs. I'm doing a Brighton-style uh, defensive back line here. Um, the other two definitely fall more into the thug category. Um, one was a bit of a choice between two from Stoke. It was going to be Robert Hooth or Ryan Shawcross, both of whom have been involved in a number of acts of thuggery. Um, Shawcross has, I think, come close to ending some careers, and he's, he's pretty rough as a defender. But I think the reason I've gone for his teammate of the past, Robert Hooth, is because Hooth was a guy who tended 
to get away with the same shenanigans. And he tended to get as many reactions from the opposition player as I've ever seen. I've never seen more people get sent off for reacting to what he's done, um, at least in my mind's eye anyway. Um, so, so Huth goes in alongside Ramos and Pepe. And the fourth one on my list is going back in time. It's the most ironically named footballer of all time. It's Gentile, the classic Italian defender. Um, for anyone that doesn't know, Gentile does literally mean gentle or kind in the Italian language, which is immensely amusing. Uh, he was anything but. He was um, essentially, he was rated as one of the, the toughest, most uncom uncompromising defenders of all time, um, which in itself should uh, tell you all you need to know about him as a player. Um, what was interesting about him was um, the, the fact that he's, there's not a lot said about the shithousery side of things, but I had to have an Italian defender in because it feels to me, although the other three I've picked are not Italian, Italians are the masters of the art as well, aren't they? Um, the dark arts of defending. I think they you've, are the missed, you've missed a very obvious one. Yeah, I was just going to say. Who's in mine, who's, who got away with possibly the most textbook yeah. example of it going, and it's Marco Materazzi. Yeah, Yes, Matarazzi, yeah. But the, uh, he managed the to obviously do it in a managed to do it in a World Cup final against got to be one of the greatest one of the greatest players has ever played the game. Which is yeah. that's kind of that's fairly textbook, isn't it? Yeah, that's that's a good point actually. Yeah. Matarazzi is I mean, basically the problem with Gentile is I didn't really see him week to week, so I don't know exactly what antics he got up to. So I'm perfectly happy to transfer Gentile out of the team and put Matarazzi in. Matarazzi is an Italian defender. I've got to have one in there somewhere, so I might might be going with that. But then, anyway, to, that, do that a world, to do it in a World Cup final as well. Um, yeah, that's got to be extra points, isn't it, for that? You've, you've ended, you know, to basically finish Zidane's career off is uh, <laughs> is pretty. It's quite, yeah, I, it's I've remarkable, got a, really. I forgot about Matarazzi somehow, and then uh, I was randomly talking about this with my fiance, and she she said, "What about that guy who got Zidane head who Zidane head butted?" And I was like, "Oh yeah." So it's famous as well. That's the thing, isn't it? Because of where he did it. Yeah, I have to say, I put Matarazzi, I've actually had, Matarazzi was actually, I put him down before Ramos. He was actually the first person I thought of. Interesting. My third, my third centre-back, I had. I put John Terry in as the kind of, I know a lot of his stuff is quite overt, but he was, he was that also the master of this, the very subtle shirt pull, wasn't he? And, he just used yeah. to get away with an awful lot of stuff, partly because it was John Terry, I suppose. But yeah, he was. So you've got three defenders. So I've you've got, got you've got Matarazzi, Matarazzi Ramos, Terry and, and Terry. Ramos. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. And Peter, who have you got in your defensive? I have a of Albion players Ooh. in my uh, in my Ooh. team. Uh, nice. Gonzalo Yara, who, as well as basically <laughs> a bit of a wind-up merchant and an idiot on the pitch, and seemingly getting into trouble quite a lot over his career, I think. And winding people up quite a lot. Also, then didn't turn up for a game because he he was arrested for driving without a license or something like that or something. Yeah. I think gives him extra brownie points for um, just general shitty. That is like yeah, he's he's in my Albion team, surprisingly. And, um, but his also, his greatest example is I think he managed to get he got Cavani sent off in a game in the Copa America um, between where's he from? Chile, isn't he? Um, yeah. 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 And he basically uh, he put his finger somewhere quite delicate, um, and Cavani <laughs> right, yeah. reacted and got sent off. 
<laughs> yes. There's been a couple of other people yeah, doing stuff like that. Then in terms of Cavani being a reasonably useful player. Yeah, so again, mm. doing it fairly effectively. And then um, our, uh, an old favourite, Adam Alab, who was very good at the wind-up and the kind of piss-take and got a few players certainly sent off, as well as himself a few times in his career for Albion. Players yeah. who reacted, like Ricky Lambert comes to mind as someone who, who got red-carded for an altercation with Alab when, when, when Adam walked away without any sort of issue. And he, he was quite good as... I don't remember having a lot of sendings off for Albion, but he, he certainly was involved in incidents quite a lot. And there was a lot at Sheffield Wednesday where someone like shoved him and he was like went flat on his on his back or whatever. He didn't actually get the guy sent off. But there was a there always seemed to be some sort of controversy around him a lot of the time. Yeah, so I think exactly. Controversy seemed he seemed to be one of those people with a reputation which was a yeah. bit unfounded in a lot of cases. But obviously referees once you're sort of on a referee's list, as it were, I suppose they were always looking out for what he was going to be doing. To be honest, maybe that's what it is. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was an attempt, um, he was a, it was a kind of like amateur shithousery rather than pro. Yeah. It all counts though. And it's good to see some Albion representation, I have to say. Um, who else have you got, Peter? Um, well, I have the ones, like various ones that you guys mentioned. I was going to, a couple of them, I, I think may end up being thugs rather than, um, rather than things, but people like Julian Dix and Neil Ruddock, I had down. Ruddock especially hmm. was quite, a bit of a wind-up merchant from memory. And yes, he was a thug, but I think he also was a bit of a piss-taker mm. as well and would kind of like get players, you know, kind of quite like nasty foul, like, like quite you know, niggly and kind of like, you know, in his, in his tripping players and that sort of thing and wind players up. So that was my other fun. Yeah, I think, uh, I think Ruddock was more shithouse credential rich than Dick's. Yeah. I think Julian Dick's just, just, he was had a bit of a, he was just had a bit more of a nasty streak, didn't yeah. I think, from memory. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so I think okay. what I was saying I was going to, I think probably he's like not so much on the list, but Ruddock I put forward, I think he's... All right. Well, going into midfield then, I mean, I, I had to struggle to put anyone in midfield, to be honest, because I found, probably this isn't a surprise particularly, that uh, defenders and strikers tend to feature heavily in this kind of thing. Um, I have put in two players that certainly could be called thugs, but I think there's a bit more to them than that. I've gone for Vinnie Jones and Kevin Muscat, um, both of whom had... Um, well, I don't think Jones got sent off as many times as people think. I didn't actually look up how many. Um, but he, he was clearly a very tough player to play against. What he would do, he would set his marker very early in the game. You saw the FA Cup final when he when Wimbledon beat Liverpool famously um, with the crazy game beating the culture club and so on, as John Watson said. Um, he set the marker with by basically just nailing Steve McMahon in a, about 20 seconds into the game. Um but there was always wind-ups with him as well, of course, there's the famous grabbing of balls uh, that aren't football balls uh, in Paul Gascoigne's case. And he was he would do a lot of that kind of niggly, pinchy, grabby kind of stuff. He was that kind of a player. Um, I don't know if verbals-wise, I should imagine, he, he just did more intimidatory tactics as far as that went. Um, Muscat apparently did something quite similar to Gonzalo Jara in terms of where his fingers shouldn't be. Um, and he, I think he got sent off 12 times in his career. He's the player, I've forgotten who it was. Somebody described him, I might have the information here. Someone described him as the only player they were genuinely scared of on the pitch, which is quite some achievement. I'm not, again, I'm not sure how much that's particularly oh, I shit that. has. Who said it? Um, um, yeah. Yeah, I think it was, um, I think it might have been Peter Crouch. Yeah, it was, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah, he's he's the only player he ever feared. That's the quote. 
Yeah. And he's a player who Neil Warnock, of all people, described as a shithouse player. So that that's praise indeed, I think. So those are my two midfielders from my rather flimsy Yeah, I had, I had Vinnie Jones as well. The only I went for Diego Simeone. Oh, yeah. Good, well, I good did play, play a manager uh, in this team. I thought, he, um, <laughs> I thought he was a bit too much thug at length, but I equally could be... He could be a player. I, mean, I suppose there's the Beckham one, isn't there? Which was yeah, fairly text, fairly textbook. Yeah. And then as a manager, actually, I can't remember who they were playing, but there was a team that was on the counter attack, and he threw another ball onto the pitch, didn't he? <laughs> to basically, effectively <laughs> stop the game. Uh, yeah. And then the, the other one that he got in trouble for, basically grabbing his crotch, didn't he, to celebrate a goal? That he got in quite a lot of trouble for as a manager as well. So. You've got to love it. And you do need a South American presence in this team, I hasten to add. Yeah, exactly. I know we might do with goalkeepers by the looks of it, but yeah, good, good yeah, to so see. Yeah, um, I went for him as as a, as a player yeah. manager of this team. Yeah. And so you had two in mid as well, didn't you? I think. Yeah. And P- Peter, I have a lot of midfield options, so it's interesting. I kind of found quite a few. Mm-hmm. So I think my ultimate player and probably my captain, in terms of the pure, in terms of the way he behaves and how he gets away with it, has to be Robbie Savage. He literally, in my view, epitomises the word shithousery. Now, actually, I've looked it up and it looks like he did get sent off twice in his career. But considering the amount of altercations that man got into on the pitch, it's a ridiculously low number of, you know, he wound so <laughs> many players up into getting sent off and having a go at him and that sort of thing. From Certainly from memory, he used to be quite a lot of other people like uh, having a go at him, kind of, t- you know, kind of squaring up. Yeah, to he's another one whose sort of reputation it. meant that he was always entangled in this sort of stuff. Yeah. It became a bit of a self-fulfilling thing, didn't it? But it started from but, somewhere, I think. Is the, yeah. uh, um, so I definitely put him in. Um, there's a few uh, debatable ones. So someone like Paul Gascoigne, in some ways, he's not the kind of the wind-up merchant. Maybe he got one up himself, but the piss take of some things, like that goal against Scotland and the sheer kind of <laughs> bravado of that goal against yeah, Scotland. Sort of thing. I've got Gazza in as well. Um, I sort of had him as an attacker, yeah. but there was, I suppose there was the flute celebration, wasn't there, as well? Yeah, in the old firm derby. Yeah, and the showing of every really yellow card as well is a bit. Shit yeah, out. but there was a brilliant one. If you read this thing, I know we've talked about when he was at Borough and they did that sleeping pills. You know, we talked about that in a previous episode. Hmm. But one of my favourite ones. It's just so good every time I think about it. One of his first training sessions at Spurs, um, at their old training ground. One of the players kicked a ball over the fence, and it went into someone's garden. And Gaz was like, "I'll go and get it." Gaza goes, disappears over the fence, just doesn't come back. And 24 hours later, he comes back over the fence with the ball. <laughs> just, just nothing had happened. Days, Don't yeah. just screw with their minds. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. yeah. Did we all just miss a day? <laughs> yeah, just, as if nothing had happened. I got it, lads. Don't worry. Similar principles yeah. to uh, Gaza. I mean, as much as we might like to hate him, Diego Maradona probably has to get in there. Anyone who, frankly, punches a ball over a keeper's head in a in a World Cup and then scores a goal like he did the second goal, I mean, you've probably given credit in some ways. And then milks, milks, like milks the cheating, milks the cheating element of that for years to come as well. Yeah, and he also there was that moment. Do you remember it was the? I remember it was in a documentary. I think it's the nineteen when he was playing for Barcelona in the Copa del Rey final against hmm. Bilbao. Um, and he got substituted in one of the Bilbao players. I think he'd broken his ankle playing against Bilbao either the season before or earlier in the same season. And yeah. as he was getting substituted, one of the Bilbao players basically gave him a bit of a send-off. And um, Maradona basically started a fight on his own with the entire Bilbao team. <laughs> and it descended into a riot. And because it was a Copa del Rey final, 
Maradona had to apologise in person to the King of Spain <laughs> for bringing, the game, bringing that game into this. That is pretty impressive. Um, and also, on top of that, all the drugs thing as well adds to everything as well. It's yeah. like, yeah, I think, yeah, he, uh, he is in there. I don't, as much as, again, I don't like this player, I think he probably does get in there. El Hajj Youth. He was like, he was another one. He was just like, took the piss and was like a wind-up merchant. Now, he wasn't that good at it necessarily because he, sometimes he let it, he was the one who actually got, like the game against Leeds when Albion played Leeds and he got himself sent off for taunting the Albion fans with gestures and he got himself sent off for it. But he did, you know, when it, he could also do very well at winding players up and other, and other fan, fans up and it's actually a, yeah, bit of a bit of a shithouse. So I thought I'd uh, include him as well. Yeah, yeah well. I mean, my I've put in Cantona. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, and he was, I mean, as much for the, as much for the sort of the press conference line, you know, in, in response to the Kung Fu kick as much as anything. Um, but yeah, obviously just a. Yeah, not, not exactly ridiculous. contrite in apology, was he? Yeah. No. From an Albion point um, of view, I thought Charlie Oakway could deserve a mention as well. Yeah. Just, yeah. Obviously, yeah, exactly. He well, was, we'll do, we'll do an Albion brilliant. one. Uh, yeah, so I've jumped ahead. Who've, who've you got up front, hmm. Russ? Well, I've gone, as you know, four up front. Uh, to be fair, I, I've counted El Hajdiouf as an attacker, as a wide attacker. He is in my team. I think he, he is a shithouse player in the extreme. He's the guy that really winds up the opposition. Yes, you can wind him up as well with your taunts from the terraces. And, and we managed to get him sent off doing that, didn't we, at Leeds in yeah. that game. But, but, you know, he spat in the direction of, I think, three or four different sets of supporters. He spat in the face of at least one player that I know of in his career. That's ultimate shithousery to, to start with. I mean, well, it's, it's underhanded, disgusting behaviour, to be honest. Everyone hates a spit, don't they? But I really do as well. Um, but that's the sort of thing you can easily do very slyly and get away with it and then get a player sent off because they will react to that. It's one of those don't do's. It's one of those those unsaid things that are just not in the rule book. You can have someone like Roy Keane, who was on my short list for shithouses, but ultimately I thought was just a thug. Same with Mark, Mark yeah. Carl as well, who, who just go out to hurt people. That is almost less of a problem than spitting mm-hmm. uh, for some people. And El Hajj Youth was, is Mr. Spit. He, he really is. Um, yeah, I mean, for me, can go in this. Telly, as we call him. He's, I mean, he's just the reverse because what he tried to do and wind up the crowd and get himself mm. sent off is the reverse. Like, yeah, I don't know if that scores him down actually a little bit. It does. I think it does. Not, it's 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 a, yeah, it is. Yeah. It's backfired. Obviously, he tried to. I mean, I think he's got he's got the heart of one, but he's just execution pretty poor. Yeah. Well, my other my other three forwards to go along with him. Um, I did think about Jamie Vardy because he's actually, when it comes to goal celebrations, he is a real wind-up merchant. Lots of shushing. The Eagle celebration, which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> um, all of that stuff. But ultimately, he didn't make the team because alongside El Youth, I've gone for three South Americans. This is where they come into their own for me. We've got Neymar, the most infuriating player, not least for the fact that he's a very talented footballer. But he spends more time rolling. In fact, I think he's rolled more times than he's scored. Um, you know, dives everywhere. He's the epitome of everything we hate in, particularly in Western Europe. And I think probably in the broader sense, I think most football fans don't like. Um, it's the wasting of talent. It's the fact he, he's looking for the yellow cards. He's flashing his fictional cards in the referee's face. 
He's looking to wind players up by doing so. He's looking to wind players up doing other stuff. He goes down, he thinks about going down and rolling and artistic, you know, merit for his for his flopping around all over the place more than he does doing what his talent can provide him, which is breakthroughs past players. He, he's not fussed about staying on his feet. For me, he's the epitome of what I absolutely hate about football. He is a complete houser. Um, similarly, you've got, of course, Luis Suarez, who he's... The, the, I've forgotten the word that Tim Vickery once used to describe this. There's a, there's a word they use to describe South American streetwise footballers who have that edge and use it. There's, there's a particular word, which in itself speaks volumes. Um, but Suarez has got it. He knows how to gain an edge. He knows how to wind up. He Anything goes, essentially, when it comes to Suarez, including biting chunks out of the opposition, literally um, diving, handballing on the line to deprive African nations of what would have been an immensely glorious historic moment, um, and then standing around celebrating when they subsequently win. Uh, I think it was a penalty missed, wasn't it? He was celebrating yeah. um, the one he conceded. Um all of that sort of stuff, the pinching, there's the Negrito yeah, There was comments. one brilliant game, again, Copa America. I think it was against Chile as well because Gonzalo Jara is involved. He appealed yeah. for a penalty when the goalkeeper had handled the ball in his own penalty area. <laughs> yeah. And he does, he does the flashing hands. Yeah, and then the in, that same game, uh, in that same game, there was a pitch invader and Gonzalo Jara basically helped them get the pitch invader because he tripped the pitch invader over. And Suarez mm. was trying to get Hara booked for tripping over the fan. Yeah. He is an absolute wind-up merchant. Yeah, People so I'd gone for him. Suarez. There's, and then obviously I went, racist for, incident. I went for... Uh, as well. Yeah, I went for Diego Costa. Yeah, I, that, he's my other one as well. And Costa's a Which was, what was that game, merchant. was it? Um, Gabriel... Uh, Paulisti to play for Arsenal, wasn't it? It was a classic one. Yeah, Chelsea Arsenal, wasn't it? Um, and he, I think he he basically elbow he basically elbowed Koscielny, didn't he? And the officials didn't see it, and then Paulista reacted and got sent off. And I suppose in the, I mean, he he's one. He's lucky he's not playing in the Premier League with VAR because yeah. he wouldn't be able to get. And this is another exactly. thing. I think VAR has sort of dampened um, shithousery, hasn't it? Because you can't get away with so much sort of off the ball. Um, watered down the shithouse yeah which is another reason to hate VAR <laughs> yeah exactly yeah well I mean Costa had to be on my list as well for the same reasons there's also the time he stamped on someone but not not in thuggish sense it was in the snidey sense he he did one of those really sly little things where he's almost just pushing his his foot into the stomach of the player rather than actually stamping on him which is far more deliberate, more obviously deliberate, and therefore far far more wind-up um, wind related. And it's exactly the sort of thing that gets him away with it and the opposition member sent off. Although, actually, I think that wasn't the case there, but that's the sort of thing that he would do. So, yeah, Costa, Suarez, Neymar, and El Hajdi for me, I think... It's a good front line as well. It's not bad as well. They score goals too, just to annoy you even more when they celebrate. Score goals because mainly right. they wind the opponents up so much they have about three defenders left <laughs> on the pitch by the end of the game. Yeah. So so Robbins had his. I think he's already mentioned some of his. He's, he's mentioned Costa. You had Suarez in. I had as well. Costa. Yeah, I had Costa, Suarez, Maradona as the oh, yeah. the kind of front yeah. three. Okay. With Cantona no behind. Oh, yeah, yeah. So no place for Neymar in yours. But what, what about you, Peter? No. 
So I've got a few different options, actually. Um, oh, good. I'm good. surprised that you two haven't mentioned, because for his off-field and on-field antics, he's the ultimate shithousery, Mario Balotelli. <laughs> I would have said he is, oh, God, yeah. he is the ultimate. I mean, the man set a firework from his house. He he went around throwing money out of his car. He he winds people up on the pitch. He put he he opens up his you know he takes his shirt and puts a t shirt on. Say why me? I mean he's just literally yeah. And he's not even the thuggish one. He's just so entertaining and such good. He's value. an enigma, isn't he? He's failing to put on a, a bib, which is highly amusing. By the way, there was a similar incident with Cristiano Ronaldo with a mask apparently last week yeah. during the um, international he's game. Just, he's just great value, and he is. To me, one of the, yeah, he's a, he's a brilliant shithouser. And the other one, although he's not actually that much of an arsehole on the pitch, he gets it for the way he behaves off it, is um, Zlatan Ibrahimovic. I mean, his <laughs> antics off the pitch, the way, the way he kind of turns up and he's just like, yeah, I'm here, it's all okay now, everything's fine, you know, I'm brilliant. He first persons himself, which always, yeah, always de- I despise. I looking up using just his first name like a superhero. Attributed to him. Apparently when Portugal knocked Sweden out in the playoffs a lot for a World Cup at one point, he was like, a World Cup with me is nothing to watch, so it's not worth waiting for the World Cup. <laughs> and when he signed for United, I won't be king of Manchester, I will be the god of Manchester. <laughs> I mean, is, again, I, w- I would say is a really, we've got a lot of competition there. Um, so it'd be interesting to see what happens. And the other one, slightly more obscure one, because we're not talking Albion, when there's obvious Albion one who's up there as well, is um, Alfredo Morelos at, at Rangers, who seems mm. to get sent off all the time, but for really ridiculous things. And spend most of his time seemingly winding up opponents and getting, you know, he's actually got yeah. quite a scoring record when he plays, but when he seems to be banned most of the time, so he's obviously not very good at shit-housing. Yeah, we were, we were linked with him, or, or people were talking about him at one point, weren't they? And we were all saying, no, 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 we don't want him. He just won't yeah. be on the field he enough. He he's fail the no-dickheads policy. He's um, like Andoni times 10, isn't he? Basically, yeah, he's clearly um, got something. He's not quite, you know, he gets him off like three times a season, but he also gets other players sort of, I think, quite a lot as well. He's got quite a, a wind-up. He's up a head case. He's, a, he's yeah. South American, so he fits the bill nicely. Well, a couple of things to mention on that. First of all, that's reminded me of one shithouser that I've I've left out who could easily have fitted into the into the um, centre back role. I think he plays centre back. Is Scott Brown, who apparently did get Morellas sent off on yeah. at least two occasions by essentially just doing something to piss him off and then getting away with it, and then the the player gets caught out. The classic scenario, the entrapment. Um, and the other thing was with Ibra- Ibrahimovic. I agree. He's the ultimate in completely ludicrous arrogance. Um, yes, he's a brilliant player. And yes, having an arrogant edge to you when you're a good player is great. But I'm not sure. I'm not quite sure how shithouse he is, actually. I don't know. I, I wonder if that kind of incorporates it. It's probably saying earlier about the off-field stuff as well. But Does he wind people up? Hmm? I, don't know if I, I don't know if I get wound up by him. I think I'd roll my eyes at him a bit more. Maybe more like his own team rather than anyone else's. <laughs> Okay, I have yeah. to you, no, it's just a, a kind of thought. I mean, he does make Ronaldo seem um, quite grounded and uh, not arrogant at all. Well, we've got to we've got to pick our um our, our eleven from those choices um to make a uh, mutually exclusively agreed shithouse eleven in a minute. Um, before we do so, are we going to have a manager at this point to pick? Because I've got three contenders for this. I don't know if you guys are full of managers. Yeah, um, because I've. Got three. It's highly likely I've picked some of some or or all of the same as you. So do you guys want to go first? Who, who have you got as your manager? I this had wonderful. Diego Simeone is my player manager. 
Oh yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. That is the Al Sarin. There's no player managers these days. You're uh, taking the picks himself. <laughs> in 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 uh, to the detriment of someone in better form, preferably as well. Yeah, and and Peter Neil Warnock, I thought was uh, quite excellent. Yeah, just in yeah I've got. I've got Warnock on my list of three candidates for the shortlist. The others are Jose Mourinho. I think he, I don't think he quite gets the job, but he's, he's up, he's in the, he's in the conversation for me. And the other one is Alex Ferguson, who I think people forget how much of a wind up merchant he was. He tended to make a lot of disparaging remarks. He, he, he'd do very subtle. You've mentioned the word subtlety in terms of shithousery before. He, he would have little subtle slights of people all the time. Um, just his choice of language, uh, implying one thing or another to do with whether it would be foreign managers or it would be players that were, that were, that were playing a team, sorry, the teams that were playing a team who were out of form. I think he mentioned Newcastle, for example. Oh, yeah, they're doing well, but they keep playing the teams at the right time or something like that. He could come out with loads of snidey remarks, which I think puts him in the conversation. But I think ultimately everybody loves to hate Colin Warner, uh, Colin Wanker, sorry, <laughs> Neil Warnock. Whoops, I'm tangling up my anagrams. Um, don't know, Robin, would you be happy to accept a Warnock? Go with him. Happy to go with him, yeah. Okay. Well, who's Warnock going to be putting out then? Who Who are the eleven? Um, I've got I've got Neil Morpay on the bench, by the way, in my 11s, Just to mention as well. Yeah, I I, I kind of left him now because we're kind of like not avoiding Alvin a little bit with Robin's yeah. Alvin. Um, so I left him out, but I mean, so yeah, I think he literally was an inspiration for this show. I think wasn't he because of what happened in, was, yeah. against Arsenal. So I mean, yeah, it would I think be so. To not have him mentioned at least. Yeah, for, well, honourable mention. We, we'll mention him in the Albion once when we well, come. Surely to it's that. a dishonourable mention, isn't it? Rather than honourable. Dishonourable. Sorry, dishonourable mention. Yeah. Um, so we've got we've got clearly way more than eleven. So the eleven that we pick must come from the. Uh, the collective selections, I suppose you could say. So goalkeepers then. Do we go with Grobbler, Schillivert, or um, what's his name, the Scorpion Kick guy? I'm happy to go Higuita, actually, to be honest. Higuita. Yeah. yeah. To go and right. Scorpion Kick. Grobbler was okay, but... dead generic and general, wasn't he? But hmm. so... Okay, so Higuita oh, goes in doing... goal. And what are we doing in terms of formation? I think we have to go three, I think, because of the sheer number of attackers we've got to fit in. System of kind of like, you know, everyone plays wherever they feel like. Okay. So three centre-backs to be able to, to, to fit everybody okay, else well, in. Well, my, my centre-backs were Huth, Ramos, Pepe and Gentile. Happy to ditch Gentile because I think he, he misses the boat, definitely. Ramos is... and, your, and Pepe and Ramos. Is that, is that a deal? Sorry, Pepe, Ramos and who? Matarazzi has to be in there. Oh, Matarazzi was in, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah, Pepe, yeah. Ramos and Matarazzi. Yeah. Yep, sounds good to me. We all agreed on that. Marvellous. We move straight on then. To... <laughs> <laughs> um, so who, So we've got three defenders. Um, it sounds like we could do with about five strikers in this team. I don't know if you guys agree or do you want... So we well, need two. Depends... I think we need two and then five. Well, yeah. So definitely two midfielders we need. I mean, I'd, I'd have yeah. Billy Jones and Savage. Kevin Musker. I, I would say I would put an argument for Savage because he, he got sent off so rarely but got involved in altercation so often. Yeah. I, I would go I'd go Savage and Vinnie Jones, probably. Yeah, OK. Sounds all right. Uh, Peter, do you think that's all right? Happy yeah, with that? Yeah. Right, OK. We've got Vinnie Jones and Robbie Savage as a delightful British midfield. Uh, excellent. Love it. Um, 
Okay, we move on to the attackers. We've got five of these. I think, um, yeah, so I think people that have got, I think Costa, Diego Costa's got to be in. I yeah. think Suarez has got to be in. Yeah. Um, what do you think about Neymar then? Shortlist? If I say Neymar just to cheat, I wouldn't say anything else. That's... Yeah, I think he, there's no subtlety to it, really. Um, well, you could say that. I'd, <laughs> I'd say... Um, I reckon Balotelli oh. there, personally. We've got Cantona, Maradona. Who else do we have? Gaza um, we were talking about, weren't we? I think oh, Gaza would be in there. But I think Balotelli... Yeah. I think Gaza and Balotelli have got to be in there. And got to be in there. Ooh. So Gaza's kind of more of a midfielder, isn't he, Aaron? But he could be the attacker. Yeah, I think we're just going three, two, one, four. Yeah, we're just going to lump him in there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He can be the ten. Yeah, three, two, one, four. Okay, so we've got yeah. So the four strikers are so we've got Suarez, Costa. Does El Hajduf make it? Um, he is a wind-up. He is a massive wind-up merchant, and he could play wide in the front four, isn't he? Yeah. We need a bit of width yeah, as well. Yeah, I think well. it's got to be in, isn't it? Okay, so we but need one more, don't we? Left, no, two more. So what, 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 what have we got then? You've got Suarez. So at the moment, we've got uh, Aguita in goal. We've got Matarazzi, Ramos and Pepe in defence. And that's four. We've got Vinnie Jones and Savage midfield, six. Gaza in the, the attack seven. mid, seven. So we need four more, actually. We've got so Suarez, Suarez, Costa. So we've got the Suarez and Costa. Balotelli. So Balotelli or Maradona, I guess, is it then? Well, Maradona's in a way only for one oh. thing. It wasn't really oh, you got El Hadjouf, did he say? Yeah, so if you have Juf, you've only got one one from those two. I reckon so, Balotelli. Balotelli. More, yeah. Because if anything, he God, winds up his own manager. Was that cheat? That's cheating, isn't it? Rather, really. So, yeah, to go Balotelli, mm. yeah. Okay, so we are finishing with Aguito in goal, Matarazzi, Ramos and Pepe winding up the attackers in our defence. Vinnie Jones and Robbie Savage. Actually, it's quite a good balance now, isn't it? One who winds up and one who, who, um, who does that. Vinnie Jones will probably well. end up getting sent off. Fighting <laughs> each other, probably. I'd imagine they hate each other, wouldn't they, too? Which would be brilliant. Um, so Gaza attacking mid. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. And then, yeah, we've got the four attackers, Balotelli, Suarez, Costa and Diouf. Brilliant. That's good. And then our manager is Colin. Uh, I'd be interested to see how, uh, how Colin gets on with all these quite high-profile players. They're probably more yeah. high-profile than he's used to. And also with his more direct tactics as well. Could be interesting. Yeah, and it seems... His seeming xenophobia would also uh, make things all the more interesting. He would, he himself would hate the diving. It's, it's fair to say that Neil Warnock is quite direct in his style. So having no midfield won't matter that much. Yeah. So do, if we put someone on the bench, who do we put on the bench, by the way? Would we put Maradona there then? Or? Yeah, Maradona's got to be on there. Yeah. Uh, Grobola, I think, is on the bench somewhere. Oh, yeah, yeah, have a goalkeeper. Yeah, we've got to have a goalkeeper. I, I would say yeah. Gonzalo, Gonzalo Yara should be on the bench. <laughs> Simeone's got to be on the bench, I think. Yeah. He's oh, our yeah. manager. But if, if if Colin doesn't sort it out, then uh, he can come in as manager. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Yeah, yeah he, could, he could be a substitute player and manager. That'd be brilliant. I like it. Yeah, that's a pretty <laughs> right. good team, actually. Okay, I like it. I like it. So we come then to the Albion eleven. I'm, well, I don't have yeah, an eleven. Yeah. I've I've struggled a bit here. Firstly, you guys. You said you've got a goalkeeper. Yeah, I mean, it's, I've got to admit, this is pretty lightweight by shithouse standards, but I put in Casper Ankergren. Um, there's the time-wasting, um, which I thought was magnificently yeah, yeah. annoying. 
Um, the, 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 I remember yeah. this one game where there, there was a, a ball trickled through to him and he just stood there for ages. The player realised eventually the penny was dropping that he wasn't going to pick it up. So he had to run towards him to close him down. And he just flopped on the ball and just lay there for about another five minutes. Eventually yeah, got no, it up uh, and okay with that. screwed around. He, he's the best we've got, I think, shithouse-wise. Um, yeah, goal. I think that's um, fair. And then my back four was uh, Gonzalo Hara, who was mentioned. Um, I went for Butters and Elabd um, mm-hmm. as the centre-back pairing. Left-back, Maurizio Tirico. Obviously, he's got to be in there. And he played 15 games. He got sent off twice, both of which was for swearing at the referee, I think. Um, <laughs> and then the two in midfield I went for, Charlie Oakway, obviously. And my one that I referenced at the beginning from the current squad is actually Davy Proper. Because um, I think he gets away with an awful lot. And there was that, what game was mm. it? Wolves, where he managed to foul two players. Oh, yeah. Mentioning. We brought down <laughs> two players in the same move, basically. Yeah, that's um, so I had that. And then I had a front four. Um, or Colin Kazim Richards. Yeah, Colin, Colin Kazim Richards, um, Neil Mope, um, Leon Knight, and Ashley Barnes as a front Ooh. four. Ashley <laughs> Barnes was the tripping river Yeah, well, exactly. So, and I think Andoni is just a bit of a thug. There's not really much subtlety to, hmm. to his, really. Yeah. So that was my front four. Yeah, not bad. Um, Peter, do you have anything to add to that? Um, that pretty much. I think, yeah, that's pretty much what I was thinking. Let me just have a look back at stuff. Uh, yeah, there's nothing. Any Cullip could have got an honourable mention, I think. I wonder if Cullip gets in there instead of Butters, just because he's so niggly. I think so. so yeah, I think so. But there was an interview, I think, with Lloyd Awusu in the um, in the with Dean Years DVD when he was saying Cullet was in in his ear all the time, you know, kind of whenever he played against him, like elbow in the back of the in his back and that sort of thing. And yeah, I wonder. I think Cullet rather than Butters would be my choice. Yeah, I think that's a fair, that, fair comment. Yeah, I think I'd go with that as well. Yeah, I had I had Cullet as well. I had Oakway as a possible Savage. We mentioned. Um, yeah, yeah, so well, it's only a that another one. Yeah. Savage, we can have him. Um, and Scalotto for the for the Palace scenario, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, you could, yeah. He gets in. He should get it right back, really. Yeah, Although he's one that, of the only ones I did come up with. Because we lost. I mean, didn't wasn't that kind of like? Yeah, that is true. Yeah, it did, it, it, as we said, I think we said at the time, if that had resulted in Zahar getting a red card and us winning the game one 0 then yeah. Yeah, Scalotto got yeah. booked as a sub. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, one oh, of the main to throw in the throw in the mix actually from further back in time, which I mentioned earlier. Um, from 1983 to 85, and I've seen him play Hans Cray, the Dutchman, who you might have heard is about his antics. Um, I've looked in the Albion A to Z, actually, to try and get a bit more description about him, to, which will probably better sum it up than I could um, as a teenager, having been watching him. Um, it describes him by saying he arrived at the Goldstone on trial quickly enough in November 1983 and was signed permanently three months later. But when news of a lengthy suspension by his home association um, looked... Um, well, uh, leaked out. He was labelled the dirtiest player in Europe by the tabloid press, which I thought was fantastic. Um, it then goes on to describe his uh, his career, and then it says, um, Albion manager Chris Catlin um, was undeterred by Hans's uh, reputation, although more impressed by the commitment of his Dutch import. He persevered with him for some time, playing both in defence and midfield. Um, 
Han's um, unbound enthusiasm won much admiration, especially his pogo antics, which is what he's famous for, in front of the opposition goalkeepers at corner kicks, which caused many North Standers to emulate him. So basically, he bounced up and down. He was quite tall and he had a really big leap on him. And he would jump up and down in front of the, def- uh, the, the goalkeepers to put them off, but which made him an instant cult classic. Uh, hero of the terraces, which is brilliant. Um, I mean, as we said, I think that being a dirty player doesn't necessarily mean you should be in the shithouse eleven. But being the ultimate dirty player in Europe, yeah, that well, actually being... does, does actually take it's very not bad, is it? Not just yeah, any other it... dirty player; he is the dirtiest player in Europe. That is, yeah. Well, that, yeah, there's that. that. Yeah, also, although he was renowned for the pogo antics, it, it does say he will um, chiefly be remembered for his reckless tackling and petulance. An incident involving the then Portsmouth player John Crumplin uh, demonstrates the case in point, apparently. Um, it goes on to then describe that. But, yeah, I mean, ultimately, he uh, he was a wind-up merchant as well. So I think he he fitted on the two, two-pronged. If back. you were reckless in those days, you were properly reckless as well. I mean, yeah. watching you know, replays of the FA Cup final when we were in it, some of the tackles going in, which didn't even get fouls, were horrendous. So, I mean, reckless today means you slightly go over the top or like that. Reckless in those days probably meant you were like, took someone's head off or something or (laughs) indeed right okay so let's go with our 11s then so i guess on for for want of a better candidate do we go with casper and golden yeah and defense i think hara definitely gets in i mean he's 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 been up to plenty hasn't he um yeah so so allowed i think definitely uh do we get uh is the scalotto get a place no i think yara has on the I think he's yeah, so yeah. Scrotto on the bench so that he can wind people bench. up from the sidelines. Yeah, um, yeah. Good point, actually. His one so. big wind-up moment was as a sub, so get him warming yeah, up that's, early on. Um, that's true, actually. Yeah. Back then. Um, so, well, we could do Tariko, couldn't we, I suppose? He can play left-back. Yeah, that's. I think, yeah. yeah, I agree with Robin. I think the fact that he played, like, 15 yeah. games as assistant manager, supposed to be setting an example and got sent off twice is... Yeah, and could have got sent off more than that. Yeah. So is Hans Cray? I mean, to be ousting... fair, the second one was for arguing a penalty that was like about six yards outside the area. To be fair to him, but yeah, was, he still shouldn't is do Hans, it. Was Hans Cray central midfielder then? Yeah, I think it's midfielder. Um, yeah, he, well, yeah, he could play. I think he could play centre back, but he was more oh, midfield. So he can go and head a proper then. Because I'm happy with Cullip and um, yeah. And uh, thingy is and Alaba centre half. Colipo. Yeah, I'd go, I'd go Oatway and Hans Cray then in the uh, centre midfield. Okay, okay. So Butters misses out. So it's yeah. it's Danny Danny Cullip and um, Adam Alabd for defence. Yeah, I'm just going to put this in. So right, okay. And then we've got yeah midfield. So we put Cray in midfield. We've yeah. got um, proper misses out. So we've got oh, there we go. So yeah, so we've got Hara, Khalid, Elabs, and Tariko in the back line. Cray, did you say Oatway's in? Yeah, yeah, Oatway's in. I mean, he bit someone in about his fifth game for us. I mean, he has to be in, doesn't he? Yeah. And Sa- Savage is Savage in? Mm. Yeah, Savage has got to go in. I think let's be sensible. Let's have four three three. Yeah, sounds good. So Andoni's going to miss out by the sounds of it. Have we got CKR? I think CKR out. I don't think he's particularly. I think yeah, I'd go Ashley. Up. It's got to be more pay, Leon Knight, Ashley Barnes. I think. Yeah. Yeah, decent. Um, Peak hours on the yeah, bench. Line, so we so we got Scott on the bench. It's quite a good Scott team. This, the... Yeah. So we 
Yeah, it's a decent so team. Casper, so Ankara Gunn in goal, Gora, Kalip, Elabt and Tariko in the back line. Cray, Otway and Savage in midfield. Morpe, Knight, as in Leon Knight, and Barnes up front. Scalotta on the bench. Who's the manager? Gus, surely. <laughs> it's a no-brainer, isn't it? It's really not a good answer. I'm tempted. A part oh, of me wants to say Mickey Adams to an extent. Yeah. Mm. But no, not, coming from. Not, not above Gus. No, I mean, Gus Smith, he, he went purple on the bench a few times back in the Widdeen days. He got, he got sent, sent off, off game at the Amex. first game at the Amex, which is quite good, isn't it, on the shithouse yeah, scale. Um, there was the whole issue with all the shenanigans with making comments about which clubs he'd like to manage. Yeah. There's and also... left the club after an interview, after the... Basically was sacked. Yeah. By the and... club for, for comments <laughs> or for whatever reason in the way he left as well, which is also ultimately shithousery as well. Yeah, absolutely. And they're also on top of that, I mean, we were big rivals with Saints back then on the field and they really got, um, he really got under their skin. The fans had loads of nicknames for him, Monkey Man and all sorts of stuff like that. Um, yeah. yeah, all sorts. They really, yeah. really... The best thing is he wouldn't have cared as well. That's the old, exactly. that's the other thing about, like, he just doesn't care. Yeah, so I think he fits the bill, and he would he would encourage shithousery, I think, in the team as well, ultimately, oh, yeah, which yeah. is the crucial ingredient. I'm we sure became, I think, we in that first championship season under him, we became a quite a dirty, well, dirty is not the right word. We became quite a niggly team, and we were throwing yeah. us. We were we were shithousing quite yeah. a lot actually. To be people, people got sent off, didn't they? I mean, Tariko actually, as player assistant manager, got sent off at Woking, didn't they? Uh, for something in that, in that cup replay. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he can be player. One, the penalty was literally, I mean, I don't, I don't think I've ever seen a worse penalty decision. It was literally like about no, five it yards. Awful, yeah. It was right in front of the linesman as well. And the linesman was watching yeah, it. Was, it was about five yards. the point was making, was it? You really wonder what linesmen actually are doing. It was like right in front of him. He couldn't see that it was five yards <laughs> outside the area. So he's player assistant manager to Rico then. So we've got a good lineup there, I think, boys. I think we've done well because I, I didn't yeah. have a full 11. But actually, now you've, you've talked me into it. But the strikers, I think they did have a, a good element of wide uppery about them, didn't they? Um, Barnes included. But I think particularly, probably more with us than he has done elsewhere, actually. Yeah, and actually, and actually Barnes is actually probably slightly more likely to get wound up himself than wound up people up. Yeah, tripping up the referee, though, of course. Yeah, that's, that, um, that's why he gets in there, I think, partly. But yeah, I think Barnes more likely to get wound up themselves. Like that, was it Burnley when he, when he rather unfortunately dived in when we were down to 10 men after 10, five minutes and he got wound up and dived in rather. rather yeah. yeah, I suppose actually Paolo Di Canio, that's reminded me, he could have been another guy who got into yeah, the he was main. Um, but he, he, did, he spoiled it by, by doing um, sportsman-like yeah, behaviour. Yeah, catching the ball, didn't he? Yeah, was, yeah. That, that was exactly why I ruled him out, yeah. Rules him out straight away, yeah. <laughs> Boys, I think we have our 11s. It's brilliant. Now, if there was a game between the two teams, the Albion 11 that we picked and the, the World 11, who's going to win? The World 11's going to win that, aren't they? Obviously, the Albion 11. I mean, Adam and Ab would mark. I think you've got to say which, which 11 would get more of the opposition sent off <laughs> is a better question, I think. I, th- I think Albion because I think Adam and Ab would mark, you know, Costa and Suarez out the game. And, you know, we you know Malpe would destroy... Uh, because I think Robbie Savage is in both teams, isn't he? So that's a bit of a that's, that's a bit of a difficult one. Bit of a punch yeah. out of himself. Yeah, he yeah. probably could get himself sent off for fighting himself. Yeah. 
And and also, I mean, the other thing is we would score a lucky free kick by having Adam Alab to push the entire defence out of the way. So there is that as well. So we create countless chances and Malpe probably have missed them. So. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, and then kick off at the uh, teammates. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, allegedly. <laughs> well, I think we've um, we've we've done our, our work here, gentlemen. Our work here is done. I think we've come up with some good teams, and we've we've satisfied a nagging itch that we've had to get this out of the way for quite some time. I'm glad we've got it done. I'm sure there's some more elevens to think up in the future. Stargate eleven, isn't it? Which is the nicest, you know, the sort of the two nice eleven. Yeah, yeah. Or or the going the full the full point from. From shit house and go to Thug Eleven. Just look, just genuinely looking for thugs. Well, what about the Placid V Thug Eleven? That could be an interesting one. Um, yeah, yeah, maybe we we'll do that in the future. Well, coming up before that, we've we've got a, another podcast coming on Wednesday. Well, we're recording on Wednesday with a guy who's written a book about black football pioneers, uh, Mr. Bill Hearn. He'll be joining us. So. Uh, stay tuned for that one later in the week, guys. Um, if you can rate us, like we said it before, we'll say it again. If you can rate us, please do. Five stars on Apple and write a review of any description. That'll all help with our ratings, apparently, and we'll get us up the rankings. Um, if you want to contact the show, it's at Brighton Rock Pod on Twitter. And you can uh, email us, brightonrockpodcast at gmail.com. I'm saying this much more efficiently nowadays, Peter, aren't I? I'm actually remembering my, my own email addresses I've sent up. Um, so uh, on that note i think that's uh that rounds us off for this episode so thank you to peter for joining us as usual cheers russ it's been uh, entertaining as always <laughs> it may not be for anyone who listens but it's been for us no no well there we go that's all that matters and and robin thank you very much for joining us again thanks robin have you felt suitably wound up by shithousery going on today yeah i feel like you're right we have we've sort of satisfied satisfied mm. that particular need to do that alone. Hof- so, yeah, I feel hopefully in the best traditions we've we've wound up all our listeners with our choices as well just to to add to the shithousery yeah yeah, yeah. Really maybe, maybe. <laughs> so cheers guys and on that note we're we're gonna we're gonna round off in the usual style peter stand or fall up the albion Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.